Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Chapter 4, we will be in Nehemiah 3 and 4 today. Last week we had Pastor Jeff with us. Pastor Jeff, I'm going to enjoy Pastor Jeff, our district superintendent, amen. He gave us some new words that I haven't heard in a long time, groovy. He was, uh, he got saved during the hippie mo- movement. It w- was it hard to picture him with long hair down to here with a purple hat that touched his shoulder, bell bottoms, and a friend's jacket? Come on, I mean, that was, and to see him standing in his pulpit as the district superintendent of the, of the state of Michigan. And he talked about, man, just a pod, listen to the podcast. We put that message out. Uh, the only thing I, I did not appreciate is he hated the Lions. Why is everybody hating on the Lions when they come here, man? But uh, he was, uh, got to spend the afternoon with him and his wife, Karen, and they are just so down to earth, and they are praying for us. They are excited at what God's doing for us and through us, and they're excited about what God is yet to do. I'm just excited at what God's yet to do. Amen. Amen. Uh, so we've been, a couple of weeks ago, I kicked off this series called Arise and Build. We've been in this theme of Arise, and so we're going to be in chapter 3 and 4 as we discuss today a little bit more about Arise and Build. Nehemiah, is, it's the story of a group of people, a remnant of God's people, who went and, re- and rebuilt the city Jerusalem and the surrounding wall. The wall, in case you want to know a little history about it, the wall is 2.5 miles long. That's the exact distance between our old location on Savage Road and here. The thickness of the wall was 8 feet. The height was 40. A little taller than the ceiling that you see on the outside of this building. It's about 40 feet tall. That's how big the wall was that they built. They built this wall, 40 families at least, participated and they did it in record time 52 days record time and under budget my two favorite words come on (laughs) and um, that's that's the that's the uh, physical part of the story but Nehemiah is is really a blueprint for building people for building relationships for building marriages families businesses, business team, ministry teams. These are, these are principles in the story of Nehemiah that we need to apply to our lives and whatever you're building. If you're building a family, if you're following God and you're trying to become a man of God, a woman of God, you're building something. Everyone is building something in your life. And so we can take these principles from Nehemiah and apply them to our life. So I'm going to talk a little bit about relationships today and next coming weeks because we are building the people. This isn't just a building. And I can't wait for when the building's done. We can get back to doing some more ministry. We're starting to do some ministry now. The youth met here Friday. How many young people love being in here Friday? Two of you. How many were here Friday, young people? Amen. There was a whole gang of you here. Amen. Many of them are volunteering. Amen. That's awesome. That is. Our youth are volunteering and serving. It's so amazing to see what God is doing. But I just can't wait for us to have, like, conferences in here. I feel like I'm in a conference right now. And just just have some some services in here, some outpouring nights. Come on, man. I mean, who knows? We might bring God may bless us with Travis Green on the stage. Can, can someone got enough faith for that? I mean, I don't know. 
uh, or our own worship team, which is anointed enough, amen, to bring us in, no matter who's here. But I just am so excited to see what God's going to do through us into this community to be able to offer all these things. And, and so, but it, it starts with building a people. So I want to talk about that a little bit today, building a people. Um, chapter four, let's look at chapter four real quick, verse six. It says, Nehemiah says, so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a what? Mind to work. They had a mind to work. Now what happened when Sanballat and Tobiah, here comes the enemy, they brought the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashadites, and all the otherites, when they heard about the walls of Jerusalem, listen, being restored and the gaps beginning to be closed, that they became angry. And all of them conspired together and came and attacked Jerusalem. And look at one of the tactics that the enemy tries to do and try to create confusion. You hear me today? Nevertheless, this is Nehemiah. We made our prayer. Someone say we. We made our prayer to our God. And because of them, who? The enemy. We set a watch against them day and night. I want to stop right there for now. Father, thank you for your word, for your presence. God, we would be so lost without your word today that leads us and guides us through life. Father, I pray your anointing to be upon me today, Lord. Use me once again to speak your word. Anoint the people, the listeners, whether they're here in the building or by our podcast or however they're hearing this message. Lord, I pray you anoint them, their ears to hear what your spirit is saying in these days right now and help them to apply your word to their life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give somebody a handshake, a high five. Tell them you're happy to see them before you're seated. Hallelujah. I got to get used to preaching one service. It is just different. As soon as you get comfortable doing one thing, I mean, oh, God always likes to change it up. And so I'm preparing this message, and I said, man, I'm just going to say this, and then uh, if I forget something or if I realize this, I'll do it at the next service. Wait a minute. I got one service. One time to preach the word. Amen. And I love the spirit of God beginning to move a little bit more and more and more of that. And I look forward to the day when we just just get um, a deluge, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit into this place. Amen. And uh, that's what we need more of every week. So as we're growing, as we're moving toward our closing date, our, um, our grand opening date, the closing of the project, uh, we're going to be in here. But it's pretty good being in here. We've done, we've done a pretty good job being in the gym. Amen? Amen. So all the workers has done a tremendous job. It's very hard to, to try to have church. It's very, it seems very different. Pastor Jeff shared how his congregation did this for eight years and setting up and tearing down. I can only imagine. Um, and so, but I want to get right into this today. I want to, there's four examples that I want to bring out today about building a people or that we need to follow in Nehemiah when it comes to building. Uh, the first two I'm going to kind of run through and I'm going to spend more time on the other two and we'll see what happens. But um, this is Nehemiah, as I said, is a great blueprint to show us uh, how, how, to, how to build in, in, um, in something that will last, that will build something that will last. And so verse 7 is what I want to look at real quick. It says, now it happened when Sanballat and Tobiah, these are the enemies, throughout the entire journey of Nehemiah, 
rebuilding the city, Sanballat and Tobiah were present with them. How many know that as soon as you begin to serve God and as soon as you begin to build something for God, the enemy is going to show up? And that's exactly what happened here. Why? Because the enemy always attacks what God anoints. I said, he always attacks what God anoints. You show me an area of your life of where you're being attacked the most, it's probably the area the mo- that God wants to use the most for his glory. Amen. Hear me today. And so Sam Ballard and Tobiah, you'll find them throughout the story trying to come in, trying to find a way to stop and discourage Nehemiah from doing what God's called him to do. And so uh, the first thing that they did is they closed the gaps. They, they closed the gaps in verse 7. It says that the enemy began to uh, hear how they were restoring the wall and they were closing the ga- gaps. And so the enemy began to get upset. What? What, is, what does that mean, the gaps? What is a gap? A gap is a, is a low place in the wall. It was a, a place that was uh, vulnerable. It was a, a low place, a place where the enemy could get in and to gain access really easy into the city. So Nehemiah and his crew are, are back there and they're working hard and all of a sudden the Sam Ballad and Tobiah begin to come and they said, hey, I found a way to stop them and it's through the low places. And, and I just want to remind us today that we got to continue to close the gaps as God is calling us to build a ministry here. Come on, somebody. And relate it to your own life. You've got to learn to close the gaps in your own life. Where is the enemy trying to get into your relationships? Where is he trying to get into your marriage? Where can he get in to whatever area it is in your life that he's trying to get into stuff? He's going to come through the low places. And I loved how the Bible says that they begin to put a watch together. It's good to have somebody on your team that's watching your back. I said it's good to have somebody on your team that's got your back. So what they did is they begin to watch each other's back. River of Life, we need to watch each other's back. Amen. We need to continue as we go forward with letting God uh, rise us up and whatever he wants to do. And it's something that is just amazing. I just know it is because he's brought us all the way out here to do this. And and, and this is all new to me. It's just like it was all new to Nehemiah and it's all new to you. Nehemiah was a cupbearer. He was not a construction worker. He was not a pastor. He was a cupbearer. And some of you may never uh, have been doing what you're doing in serving God. You don't know how to be a man of God or a woman of God, and you're trying to build a family and do the right thing. No one in your family has served God, and you find yourself like very uncomfortable, very awkward, and you know this is what you're supposed to do, but it feels a little awkward because it's new. Well, I'm telling you, uh, welcome to the club. And, and, and sometimes the enemy will try to capitalize on those low points. What's low points? Low points can be uh, insecurities. I love Pastor Jeff talked about that last week, and man, it was so good. But he talked about, he gave an example of how insecure uh, people, including how he used himself as an example, the enemy would use his insecurities. Insecurities is one of those things that the enemy will try to, to find in our lives as we try to build something for God. He tries to come in, and he tries to find that low point and, 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 and that fear. And, and it's amazing sometimes that when we, uh, someone will, sometimes we lash out against someone who has triggered our insecurities rather than lash out against our insecurity. 
You ever get what I'm saying? Sometimes if you trigger my insecurities, I have a tendency to take it out on you rather than take it out on the insecurities of me. Don't allow the enemy to do that. And so they begin to look around and go, whoa, 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 your brother and your sister, as you read later, and we're going to get into that part next week, God, Nehemiah begin to put the families together, and they begin to fight for one another. That's what we got to continue to do as a church. That's what you got to continue to do as a, as a family that's coming to church and living for God and wanting to bring your, your, your children up in the way of the Lord. you got to learn to close the gaps. Someone say close the gaps. Man, there's an echo still. Can you hear me good back there? I'm getting used to this. This is different. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's good. Someone say close the gaps. Pride. The enemy tries to get in through uh, a low point can be pride. This is where Tobiah and Sam Ballot tried to get in, tried to get them to uh, not go with the flow of what God was doing. And Tobiah had an independent spirit. And what the enemy would try to do is would try to isolate us from what God is doing. Nehemiah had a whole crew together rebuilding the wall. And the enemy tried to use pride, just like he does to us, try to say, hey, you don't need the church. You don't need the group. You don't need to join them. You can do what you want to do. That's an independent spirit. And that's what Tobiah had. That's what Sam Ballad had. And they, they tried to use that against the people of God. The Bible says they tried to bring confusion in there. And that's one of the ways the enemy does. He tries to bring confusion in. But Nehemiah and them begin to close the gaps. Your past can be a gap. You're serving God. Some of you are trying to live for God, and you're worshiping God, and you're sitting in this auditorium, and you have this voice in your mind saying, you ain't going to be able to do this. You can't do this. You can't live for God. I felt that so strong in worship, that, that, that scripture, that he who has begun a good work, that's for somebody today that you feel like that you just can't do this thing. I don't know who you are. Maybe you're listening. I don't, I don't know how you got this mess or how you're hearing this, but someone needs to be reassured today that he who has begun, listen, he who has begun a good work in you, he will complete it. He's going to finish the job. That's a word for somebody. In other words, you didn't start it. Yeah, you're here today. You got in your car, you drove, you got dressed, whatever. Maybe not in that order, but you're here. <laughs> but I want you to know that it's not you that brought yourself here, that it is God that is doing a work in you. And he said, I have started you on this path, even though you don't even feel like you should be here. Some of you may be in your mind thinking, I can't serve God. I can't, I can't do this thing. I want, to re I want to reassure you that, yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yes. Nehemiah is a story also about how with man things are impossible, but with God nothing is impossible. And they were able to come together and show everyone that what people can do when they come together and they work together and they do something great for God. And the enemy will try to use all these different, different tactics, but you will start closing the gap. I love what it said there, and then we're going to move on, but it said, this is what made the enemy mad. Did you, did you catch that? He said, this is what made the enemy mad, not that they were there building the wall, but when they were there starting to uh, close the gaps. I got to get down here. Here I go. <laughs> In other words, the enemy wasn't upset because they were there with the rest of the people. 
The enemy begin to get upset when they begin to apply the word of God and close the gaps. The enemy don't mind you coming out here to church and worshiping God. He don't mind you going to concerts, going to conferences. He really don't mind you getting your own Bible. But when you begin to pull down the strongholds and close the gaps in your life... When you begin to say, no, devil, not today. I'm closing the low spot. I'm going to work through my insecurities. I'm going to work through my fears. I'm going to work through my doubts. And I'm going to close the gaps. No access to the devil. Then he begins to get mad. So if you want to get the devil mad, start living for God with all of your heart. Come on, get in there. He began to get mad when he began to see the, the kingdom being restored. The enemy got mad. And so he came to try to give confusion. Someone say, close the gaps. Yeah. Amen. Close the gaps. Then chapter 3, and this is, I'm going to quickly go through this because this is, we've been doing such a great job. Everyone gave a hand to serve. This is what they did. This is an example that Nehemiah set. Everyone uh, gave a hand to serve. The whole chapter 3 is just a list of over 40 families who worked together to see this done. You can read there in verse 1, Elishiab, all these names. Hallelujah. Thank God for him. Amen. The, the high priest, he rose up with his brethren, the priests, and he built the sheep gate. Then they consecrated it. And you'll find that they would build, and then they would consecrate it. We had a prayer service here Wednesday night. How many were here? Wow, was that amazing or what? I'm telling you, the presence of God was so strong. The Holy Spirit was so, it was such a special night in there. As we begin to write scripture on that sanctuary and just begin to, con- what were we reading? We doing we were consecrating it to the lord i, wrote, I walked through there the next day and and um you could see the scriptures are amazing and uh, it's not safe to go there now but pretty soon come out for a work day we'll give you a tour you go through there you can see what people wrote and it's amazing to see what people wrote you guys wrote writing scriptures and promises down about your families and serving god and and, and just it just blew me away man i just got so emotional just sitting there looking and saying, wow, God, this is, this is amazing of what you're doing. And, and, you know, you try to just go through it, and, and, but it's just like a part of you that's like, this is so overwhelming, God. It's, a, it's so amazing what you're doing. But that's what they did. They consecrated it. They would, they would build something, then they would anoint it, and they would pray over it. Something we do as a family, every house I bought, every, even a car I bought. I lay hands on it, and I anoint it with oil, and I'll pray over it. You may think that's goofy, but let me tell you, I had a 99 Ford Escort that is still running today. Over at Josh's house, amen. <laughs> Gave it to Josh. He's got to get it going again. But that works. What does? When you anoint something, when you consecrate something back unto God. So that's what they did in chapter 3. And I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this chapter and, and talking about how they gave a hand to serve because we're doing it. Tell the person next to you and say, you're doing it. It has been amazing to watch. It's been said before, and I'm just not going to get tired of saying it, how amazing it's been that people are working. It's almost like a morning shift, an afternoon shift, and an evening shift that's been coming through this building. But you'll read in, chapter, in verse 4 that some were building, some were repairing. That's what we got going on here. Some are building, others are repairing. There are so many uh, alarm systems and fire systems and phone lines and, and, and plumbing, and, and there's been so many that's been repairing the building along with 
doing the construction that is up there. Through the chapter, you just, you just see it. You see it in, in verse 17. It says there was a, a, another priest, and he had his daughters, and his daughters made repairs. Why did Nehemiah write that down? He wrote that down because it was uncommon for women to do construction. Not a river of life. Amen. And, and, and these daughters caught the vision so much because they saw mom and dad doing it that they got involved in the. See, this is how you build people. This is how you build a family of God. This is how you build something that will last. Is, is mom and dad, your children need to see you worship God when it's worship time. They need to see you participate during offering. They need to see you participate in Bible study, in reading the Bible at home because they follow what you do. This is exactly what Nehemiah did. The family ended up surviving, like I said a few weeks ago, the darkest time in history, 400 years of silence. God didn't do any miracles. He didn't do anything through that period of time. But yet the remnants of this family still uh, served the Lord and never returned to idolatry. And they showed up in the gospel. Simeon, uh, Anna, the prophetess, Mary, and Joseph. These were the remnants of these people. What, what am I saying? As we come together as a body and begin to live out our faith with one another, God begins to let that translate into our kids and our kids as kids. And we will see a generation serve the Lord. Come on, somebody. Amen. I love what uh, Doug Clay, our general superintendent, said back in, in the summer in Florida. He said, if serving people is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Uh, you know, that, that wasn't the case in this chapter. People participated. You saw leaders get in there. You saw everyone. get Some, some built, some gave. Some gave. They couldn't swing a hammer, but they gave material. And let me tell you something, you may not be here to knock down walls and, and, and all of that, and, and you know, like that song says, there ain't no wall I won't knock down, no drywall we won't rip down, and coming after me. I feel like we're doing it down there. We were down here the other day, man, there was, I don't know how many here, we're just ripping that stage. Wednesday night I announced we got to remove the stage. Go in there and look now. The next night, y'all showed up. We ripped it down. If we had that scissor lift, we would have got that top half. It's just amazing the work that, that, has, that has been done, just, just working and, and getting it done. But um, everyone participated, and everybody got involved, and that's exactly how they saw this succeed. Amen? Now let's move, and I want to spend a few more minutes on these in chapter 4, verse 6. It says one of the ways that they did it is that the people had a mind to work. They had a mind to work. You ever work with somebody that didn't have a mind to work? You know what I'm talking about? You know who they are. They've been on the phone for four hours. Taking that box, that, that cart with empty boxes to the dumpster for four hours. You know, you're just showing up, you're working, you're hanging, whatever work you're doing, you're looking over, and they, oh, their back hurts, I gotta go medic, you don't see them for 30 days. I mean, we all, we all know those people that just show up and don't have a mind to work. What happens to you and I when you're working? It, it slows everything down. It, it causes everyone else to work even harder. Uh, when I was a teenager, I worked, uh, I started working, I never had a problem getting a job. I worked, my mom and dad worked, my uncles worked, I, my whole family was worked, so my work ethic was there. I just, my problem was I didn't do a good job. And I worked at McDonald's, fast food places, and things like that, and one of the hardest jobs you'll ever have is McDonald's, I'm just telling you that. And, uh, but I was just there to get a paycheck, and I wasn't there, and, and when I finally got my first big boy job, it was at the marina, 
it was working around boats, and we had to lift boats out of the water and block them. And, and uh, I first started out sanding, doing the bottom jobs and painting and cleaning the boats. And, and my, job, my boss was like, you know, Eddie, you show up on time, uh, and you're here, but your work stinks. Look at those windows you just did, and, and, and it looked terrible, and, and, and I co- it seemed like I couldn't do a, a good job, and what my problem was, I didn't have a mind to work, and this is what he said to me, it changed my life forever. He said, Eddie, look at that boat as if it's your boat. When you go to work uh, on that boat, look at it, not that you're going to get a paycheck and you're doing it for me. Look at it like that is your boat. You, you're, you're buffing the side of that boat. How, do you, how pretty you want to make that look? That, that is your boat you're putting on cinder blocks. And you, the, the, when I begin to do that, I'm telling you, everything begin to just take off in my life. Next thing you know, I'm winterizing boats. I got my own crew. What happened? I shifted from a selfish mindset to a mind to be collaborating with a membership, with a team, and I had a mind to work. In other words, I'll do whatever it takes to see the job finished. That's what kind of mindset you and I have got to have when it comes to serving the Lord. It's it's a mind to work. No matter what it's going to take, I'm going to see my kids serve you, Lord. No matter what it's going to take, I'm going to see that this marriage will work. No matter what it's going to take, God, i got a mind to do what you've called me to do, and I'm going to make it work. But the word uh, having a mind to work, in the Hebrew, actually, it also means to become one. It's the same Hebrew language when God said Adam and Eve became, the two flesh became one. It, it's, it's being so united that you are on the same page. And if you ever watch couples sometimes that's been married for a while, you ever see that couple that can finish each other's sentences? I mean, they know what the other one is thinking before you even, you know what I'm saying? You've been, you've been, how many's been married longer than five years? Amen. You know what? How many's been married 20 years and you still can't figure her out? Come on. Amen. <laughs> what, what is happening? You, you're doing exactly what the scripture was talking about here. He's saying that the people had a mind to work. In other words, they begin to look at the problem and said, we can do this in Christ. And they begin to unite. That's what the church of Jesus Christ needs to do in these last days. We need to look around and quit trying to find problems with one another and to say, hey, man, we're on the same team. Well, well, we need to join hands and and have the same mind and overcome the darkness that is in this community, overcome the darkness that is in Southeast Michigan. You'll never see a, a demon in the Bible fighting with another demon. But you got church people just can't wait to kill one another. Come on, somebody. You'll never see, Jesus said the kingdom of darkness, he even used it for a teaching point one time, because he cast out a devil and they said, man, he must be demon possessed, because Jesus would go all the way out of his way and he would talk to a Samaritan woman who wasn't a Jew, and the Jewish people only wanted to be around Jewish people. And Jesus was breaking racial barriers and borders and was beginning to go to the lost sheep. He even said one time, I got sheep that is not of this flock. In other words, he's saying, I'm going I'm to offend some of you, but I came to seek and to save that which is lost. And because he began to break those racial barriers and began to bring up, people began to th- think he was demon-possessed. And he said, I'm not demon-possessed, for even Satan has a kingdom. And a kingdom that is divided cannot stand. And so what the enemy, what I'm trying to preach to us today, church, is we, God has used our unity to get us here. Let's not say we've arrived and now let's just get back to, no, no. We need to continue to be as one. We need to continue to have each other's back. We need to continue to stay focused on the mission of what God has called us to do at River of Life. 
Now, let me, let me get into this a little bit. Talk about relationships. There's a scripture that says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen. Hey, I can't prepare it. If y'all wasn't going to amen me today. <laughs> and the scripture says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I used to teach this as a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor for 11 years, loved it. This is a youth pastor's dream right here. And um, I used to teach this kind of stuff. I just want to drop this into us today. And then I just want you to know what it means to be of the same mind, what the scripture teaches about being uh, two become one. And the Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so does one sharpen the other. In a relationship, this is what is supposed to happen. You know, one may be a little bit more duller than the other. Just look right at me. But what happens is as you guys do life together, we're supposed to be sharpening one another. You're supposed to be sharpening one another and saying, you know, God, whatever it is, your, your will is to be done. But the Bible also talks about being unequally yoked. And let me just kind of explain to you what unequally yoked means. Unequally yoked, number one, it means this, is that you're both from different material. And so what unequally yoked means is that you are with someone and you are not on the uh, cut from the same cloth. In other words, you're not from the same material. And the reason why the God says do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, it's not that he's trying to um, sabotage your relationships. Because God, he looks good or, or God, she looks good. But, you know, they're just not serving you. So I'm going to do a little missionary dating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and try to pull the Lord. God says don't do that. He's not being mean. He's saying this. It will not work. Because only two things will happen when you are unequally yoked. One is you will create damage, and the other thing, you will become dull. Let me say it over here. I don't know if they got it over there. I know it's a big gym. Everybody's kind of a little awkward getting settled in. But let me tell you something. What will, two things will happen when we are unequally yoked. Two things will happen when we try to finish what God's called us to do. And if we all are not on the same page of fulfilling God's call, is that we're going to create damage. You're in a relationship and you're saying, oh, I want to go to church on Sunday. What do you mean going to go to church on Sunday? It's my only day off. What's happening? Damage. You're going to give money to what? This is my money. Support no mission. I don't know no missionary. I want them new rims on my car. What you talking about, baby? You're going to go pray? You're going to go what? You're going to go to that conference? What you talking about? We already went to church at Easter two years ago. And you're wanting to serve God? What's happening? You're damaging the relationship because you're on fire for God and you're sharp and you're wanting to live for God. But you're the Christ in you, not you, honey. It's the Christ in you that is ruining and reckoning the relationship. Jesus said, don't think I came to earth to bring peace, but no, I came to bring a sword. For in a family, a mom will be against a daughter and a father against a son. What's he saying? It's because if we allow ourselves to not grow together, we will just cause damage in the vision and the mission that God's called us to do. Someone help me preach to Today in this gymnasium. So this is what we do. I don't want to heart the relationship so you become dull. This is why God says do not be unequally yoked. He's not being mean. He's saying, you cannot successfully do what I've called you to do if you get yoked up with someone who is not on the same page as you. I, why am I preaching? I'm just preaching this because if there is someone here today, don't settle for a block of wood. Come on, somebody. 
Oh, don't settle for a block of wood. And, and I got some good news for you. If you're married, now, and I'm going to be real with you. Now, if you're married, you got to work this out in a covenant because you're in covenant. You got to work that out. If we would only take the Bible serious, we wouldn't find ourselves in these problems. But you got to work that out. And you work it out, and God has grace there. Here's the good news. If you're listening to this message, and you're not here, because you're... <laughs> I want you to know, you may be sitting here today, and you, uh, you may be one of this, and you're becoming a little dull. The good news is, if you will repent. If you just say, God, I'm tired of this damage that you are causing into my relationship. I don't know who this... I didn't expect to get into this deep. But he said, if you would just turn to the Lord and totally surrender your life to God, he will make you one of these. And then you're able to say how good it is for brethren. To, to, see, the sparks are beginning to flow. Come on, somebody. Why? Because, because you're, you're now made in the same of what God is doing. So, so God said, Eddie, just remind the people to stay sharp. Last verse. I'm going to close. In verse 10. Judah said, the strength of the laborers are growing weak. Look what he said. The strength of the workers were failing because there was so much rubbish that we are not able to build. So they had gaps to close. They had hands to give. They had a mind to work. And they had a heart to keep clean. This is what God told me to tell us. As we're building... As we're moving forward, church, it's exciting, but we got to keep the flesh out. I said we got to keep the flesh out. We got to keep the flesh out from, from getting in there. And, and, you know, we sometimes, as you're doing work like this and as we're moving forward, we'll be tempted to see who's working the most, you know, who's not working as much. Did I, you know, this happened or this happened. You take it out on, on this person. So much work is going into these services so we can house everybody and, and, and make sure your kids are safe and secure and having a good time. And, and it's easy for us to fly off into the flesh if something doesn't go our way. I'm telling you, hey, hey, they got to the point where the rubbish began to get in the way. There was so much flesh and so much garbage that they could not finish what God started in their life. What were they doing? They, they, they were taking a wall and they were, they were ripping some stuff down in that wall. They were ripping the old down. And, and as they were doing, they weren't removing the rubble. They were just becoming a little bit more adjusting to the rubble. And they begin to just work a little bit more. Let me tell you, when God begins to pull down some of the old flesh, when he begins to pull down some of the insecurities, and the gaps are closing, and you're trying to grow in your faith, and your flesh is falling, and your attitudes is this, and, and, and you're getting rubbed. You talk about sparks flying? Man, they're rubbing me the wrong way. That's good, because God's trying to close some gaps in your life. But let me tell you, don't get used to working in the rubble. Somebody needs to say, get rid of the rubble. Get the rubble out of the way. Get it out of the way. What God begins to tear down in your life, what God begins to tear down in our lives, we cannot try to just get used to it. Because the Christian life isn't about being comfortable. It's about having constant adjustments. Constant corrections. Corrections. Is God, as he's tearing things down, we can't get used to it and say, I'm just going to work here a little bit. And you know what? Let me end with this. You know who noticed it? Go back to that one scripture. 
It said that Judah said, the strength of the workers is failing. Now, if you don't know your Bible, Judah was the tribe dedicated for one thing, worship. Isn't it something that worship is an indicator of our strength? Judah said, hey, 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 Nehemiah, man, we're doing good. Well, you may think we're doing good, but, 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 the, but the worship Come on. isn't what it used to be in sister so-and-so, in brother so-and-so. Worship is an indicator if, of our faith, of how strong we are in our faith. In other words, when our faith is weak, we can only worship when things are good. God's looking for some people that says, man, I don't care if I get laid off from work. I don't care if I got pain in my side. I don't care if everything is falling apart. I'm still going to worship him. I'm still going to lift my voice. I'm going to praise his name. Come on, somebody. I don't care how I feel. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to say, God, you've been good. God, you are faithful. Everything's falling apart around me. But God, I'm going to worship you anyhow. I'm going to worship you anyway. Because you've been good. You are so good. Hallelujah. How about going to do that right now? Just worship him right now. Just love on your God right now. I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't care what's going on in your life. That's ready. You said God's going to finish that. Well, man, I feel like he's kind of forgot me. What am I going to tell you? I'm going to say worship anyhow. Worship anyhow. How's your worship? Some people think it's a waste of time. Judas thought worship was a waste. When a woman come in with an alabaster jar, and it was a year's wage. How much you make last year? It was a year's wage, and she gave it to Jesus. Judas said that was a waste. Oh, this is... Only Judas thinks worship is a waste. Your Bible says, I love Jesus' response. Come on, somebody give me five minutes. Your Bible says Jesus, the only person Jesus turned his back in on in the whole Bible. The whole Bible. Jesus faced a Samaritan, a leper. He would touch a leper. But he turned his back to that Pharisee of a Judas. And he says, Simon, read it. He says, Simon, I got something to say to you. He turned his back and said, I want you to listen anyway. Sit down and listen. I'm going to talk to you. He said, ever since I come into your house, you ain't did nothing for me. You didn't even offer me water. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't do nothing but complain the whole time. Everybody working so hard to make sure River of Life and the presence of God is here. And you're going to go off on somebody because they got your parking place. I'm sorry. That was for, that was last, that was for two weeks ago. Jesus said, don't you know that I'm only with you for a short season? And you can't recognize the season that you're in. But this woman, this woman who you won't even look at, who you think is wasting their time, their money, their energy, their effort, all she has done was lay at my feet and wash my feet with her tears and dry them with her hair. 
Where's your worship, church? I know we're busy. Got a work day, probably a meeting today. I know we're busy, but don't lose our worship. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Don't lose your worship. You may get mad at me. You may get mad at Donovan. I'm just picking people. Can't get mad at the nicest woman in the church. But you know what? When God begins to put you in a group of a community like this, someone like that can rub you the wrong way. Oh, they got on each other's nerve. That's how it happens. We're going to do that. We're going to get through, but we've got to get through it. You've got to continue to say, hey, we're going to close these gaps. We're going to close these gaps. Devil, you ain't getting in here. You ain't getting in my relationship. You ain't getting in my ministry. You, this, is, this is how we, we hire in church, by the way. I hire spirit over skill. That's, that's what, we need a youth pastor. I don't care how many degrees you have, baby. I appreciate your education. I think you need some education. But if you got an independent spirit, we can't use you. I mean, I don't have time. We don't have time to put out these fires all the time. So Nehemiah said, hey, look for spirit. We got to get spirit. Spirit, someone has got your back. So we put a watch against the enemy from that day forward over the gaps. And we begin to worship. And Judah said, hey, the worship is failing. Nehemiah fixed it and said, I need us to lift it. He stopped everything and said, lift your hands to the Lord and begin to worship until your praise comes back. I want us to do that right now. Just lift your hand and let the praise begin to come back into your spirit, into your mind, into your heart. Come on, flush out that flesh. Get that rubble out of the way. If any man be in Christ, you're a new creation. I don't care what happened to you at that other church. Leave the rubble there and jump in the river, baby. It's a new day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. You might have some rubble in your heart right now. I'm right in your seat. I want you just to... Ask God to cleanse you and to wash you. Let go of the rubble right now. And you're right there in your seat. Just begin to let the Spirit of God move over you and cleanse you right now. Cleanse you right now. Come on, move that rubble out of the way. Getting weak. It's because the flesh is getting in there. Come on, get focused back on the mission. God brought you here. God brought us here. We got something to do. We got to finish it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Remove the rubble, the Lord would say. Remove the rubble in Jesus' name. If you're here today, say, Pastor Randy, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord, man. I'm not walking after him. I'm not following him. Pray for me today, and you're in this place. Lift your hand to him right now. Say, pray for me today. I need to get my heart right with God. Amen. I see the hand. I see the hand. Raise it up high. I need to get my heart, Lord, back to the Lord. Amen. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, you can put it down. Pastor Ready, I'm here. And I used to be sharp, man. I mean, I was on it. Praying in the Holy Spirit. I mean, I was there. But I'm losing my edge. Might be a relationship thing. It don't have to be a spouse. It could be a friend. I don't know. You're getting dull. You want your edge back. How many want that edge back? Edge back, edge back, edge back, edge back. Come on, this is what I want you to do. If you lifted your hand for either one, I want you to come up here to these altars. 
Come on, break that ice. Come up to these altars. You lifted your hand. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord. You want to get your edge back. Once you come, I want to call our altar workers up. You're an altar worker. I'll bring our teams up. Hallelujah. Just get ready to stand by. As we worship this song, this right here, I want you just to worship. Let the altar workers minister to you. We got teams here that's going to pray for you. I want you guys to start praying for them right now. Just begin to pray for them right now as we worship. Lift your hands if you need prayer so we know who you are. Lift your hands if you need prayer. Our altar teams are going to begin to pray for you in Jesus' name. Come on, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.